Warning, this is part two of a Sex in the City Summer of the Mac GRB in Spectacular. If you have not listened to the first episode, stop. You're going to miss out on funny jokes such as... And... And don't forget... I'm not going to be putting anything back in this. <laughs> so just nothing. Okay. <laughs> We're about to resolve a big cliffhanger. So again, you got to head back. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be a real 310 to Yakima. Sorry, inside joke from the first episode. See, you're already not getting it. You're already not getting it. And that's what's really difficult for us because, I, I, listen, we love you as the audience. Just go back and listen to the first one. You're not going to understand it when I say, Mama Lucia. <laughs> remember <laughs> oh pizza rat get out of here oh i can't believe pizza rat made an appearance oh, that was so great i miss but him you wouldn't get it unless you listen to the first episode uh so it's like if i said lucky uh you're such a janice you won't know what that means audience if you haven't listened to the first episode <laughs> and, I, and i would say oh chandler bang ah! and you wouldn't get that you wouldn't get that unless you've seen or listened to the first episode and watched some friends maybe i don't know no it's no I don't know. You have to feel a friendship with us to understand the joke. I'm going to give everybody a 30 minute silence to go back and listen to the last episode that begins now. <laughs> no, lucky, I can hear you no, laughing. Mac, just are you sure, man? 30 just, minutes, 30 minute silence. I know. You're the... Mac. All right. Fair enough. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Romantic Book Nook. It is still the summer of the Mac. We are still reading Sex in the City by Candace Bushnell. Lucky, what did you think of the first few stories and what are you looking forward to? You're today? darn right. I am lucky and I am looking forward to uh, getting into some of what was the true kernel of Sex in the City, right? Like what actually made the show the show? Because so far it's just been about a woman exploring sex in New York. Very interesting. Not show material. Well, this next column is called Meet the Guys Who Bed Models. So I don't know if you're going to get relief just yet. Lucky. Oh, all right. Fine. We open at a club with an Oliver Stone stand-in dubbed Gregory Roke, who is having a night out with a flock of models. Greg is an acclaimed filmmaker, but the young models seem as bored with him as he is with them. The column isn't about power brokers and millionaires getting models, but about the mid-level bottom feeders who supply and siphon off of the model pool. And these men are known as... The modelizers. I mean, this just really sets the tone for this whole column, right? This whole ridiculous world. And, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's real. I mean, obviously, these stories are real. This is a sect of people who go and try to date models and whatnot. So disappointing. Modelizers are like womanizers, but for models exclusively. They are men who almost exclusively in their 20s make it a point to pursue and bed models. They're obsessed with models for their beauty and hate them for everything else, Candace says. One of the rules to being a modelizer, you must be rich, good looking, and or in the arts. So not as important if you're an artist, but it doesn't hurt. I like, yeah, the and addition there is really just like, I mean, if you're an artist, great. But we don't really care. It's the money thing, mostly. Uh, one of the men says something really horrific here, which is. It's hard to go back to civilians after you've bedded a model. You didn't have sex with the Marine, did you, though? It's a model. So civilian is a strange term. Civilian is a really odd term. Yeah, because I mean, when I think civilian, yeah, Marine, exactly. I think an army related term. It terrifies me of people thinking about models in that sense. I I think models are incredible. I don't think they should be on defending our country on the other soils. They don't know how to use a gun. They've never been trained. Well, don't tell models what they know how to do and what they don't know how to do. Well, they can go learn it. I'm just saying. 
It's later clarified that there's lingo in the modelizer world where a thing is a model and a civilian is a non-model woman. Oh, so, you know, bullet dodge. They call them things. No problem there. Yeah, we don't treat them like objects. We just refer to them as things. Why is that so hard for people to understand? It's things and civilians. We're treating them both with respect equally. Don't worry about it. By the time they get to 21, these girls have a lot of baggage, says one man. So, pretty gross. I'm now remembering the very troubling thing about this story when they're talking about these women being 16 and not specifically identifying that they're not dating the underage women. Like, oh God, these... Yeah. Not a great theme here. Uh, one modelizer in Oliver Stone, I mean, Gregory Roke circle, <laughs> George knew a 19 year old model for five weeks before he got her pregnant. The girl is now demanding child support, life insurance and a college fund, which Greg thinks is a little excessive. I don't know, Greg, maybe you're the one who dated a 19 year old, got her pregnant and sort of left her mm, without her source of income, which was being a model hard to do when you're pregnant in the 1990s or any time. Now, George met up with a group of models once and wound up supplying with drugs for an all-night party. Now he has an in. He calls the shared apartment of the models, and whoever answers, he tries to lure out to a night of partying. And it works. Every single time, it works. Yeah, that's, a, that's I guess, the most distressing part about this is how successful these modelizers are in their game that they score these women on. What, like, okay, so we talked about in the last episode, go back and listen to it. How Manhattan or New York is like a different world or than the 90s, it seemed like a different world from where we are now. This model world is like a further recursion of that. Mm -hmm. It's like you have normal world, you have New York high life. Then within that world, you have the model community where there's even more Game of Thrones-esque antics happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It gets a little crazy in there. Um, Speaking of people who like, you know, know the model scene, understand kind of that. um, And I know this is something I was doing last week, but I. I do have a special guest that might be able to kind of give a little input on this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucky has another character for us. Quiet in the studio. Deborah, you can just get out. You're chewing your gum way too loudly. Yeah, I'm serious, Deborah. Go. How did you get back in the studio, Deborah? We fired you. So Deborah's gone. Lucky, continue. They've asked me to um, introduce them. So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tommy O and the Radishes. Hey, what's up? I'm Tommy O. That's right. I'm, a, I'm the, from the kids rock group, Tommy O and the Radishes. We only made one song, but uh, we were shut down because we were a little too sexual. Oh, that was your hit single. What was it called again? Tommy O Sauce. And you're a children's uh, musician? That's right. <laughs> Cater exclusively to children's groups and kids and the like. We care about vegetables in general. And you're on the show because you consider yourself to be a modelizer, is that I right? I have spent many a time as a famous rocker with mo- – no, hang on. Let me start over. Hang on. You got old Tommy Yo in a trap, and last time I was caught in a trap, my kid's band got shut down. Why don't you have a seat, Tommy Yo? All right. So, yeah, sorry. Um, he left kind of like ashamed, <laughs> it looks like, a little bit. Um, he might have deserved it. <laughs> well, good luck out there, Tommy. You're going to need it in the high-stakes modeling world. Up next, we have a column that is a little closer to the TV show than the others called New York's Last Seduction, Loving Mr. Big. I noticed you went a little Harley Quinn on there. Are you do you want to take another shot at that or no? Margot Robbie is a treasure. Fun fact, Harley Quinn was created by Paul Dini for the animated Batman series. She originated on that show and was then moved over into the comic books. Hmm. So 
another little uh, GRBN fun fact nook appearance. Uh, DC Comics, if you want to hook me up with a free subscription for Detective Comics. Why do you? I wouldn't say no. Add me in there. Us. 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 Oh, yeah. Lucky wants Green Arrow or something. Oh, no. Definitely not. This piece introduces a more narrative-driven Carrie who decides to embrace her sexuality and try to have sex like men do to do a one-and-done overnighter and feel nothing afterwards. The segment introduces elements such as the tight-knit club of friends discussing sex lives over fancy drinks, the first appearance of Samantha, and most importantly, we are introduced to Mr. Big. My sister watched a ton of this show, and the entire time I assumed Mr. Big was a made-up character because it was just absolutely ridiculous hearing on the TV, like, I'm looking for Mr. Big. Like, it was so sexual, just in name alone. Well, it's turns out he's based on a real individual who was uh, allegedly a former publisher for GQ. So he was a hotshot publisher when magazines were a thing. For those of you not in the know, in the TV show Sex in the City, Mr. Big uh, is one of the primary on and off love interests for Carrie. Who I assume is the author, right? Like if, if we're just off the columns. Candace is Carrie, I believe, which is funny because even in some of these early columns, she's like, my friend, Carrie, a journalist. And it's like, <laughs> OK, but now we all know that that's you, Sarah Jessica Parker. Wait, it was actually... You're acting like Scooby-Doo and the gang when they pull it off. Sarah Jessica Parker, the whole time, trying to scare all of the other women out of New York so that you could have them into yourself and pick up the land cheap? Then my attitude landed what I, my point was. In their journey towards emotionless sexual encounters, the gang ruminates on how men will treat women like objects, but when the script is flipped, those same men will not want to be used only for sex. Later in the column, Carrie has several encounters with Mr. Big, who claims to see right through her uncaring facade, and brings up the L word. No, not lesbians. Love. <laughs> Something he claims to have abso-fucking-lutely been in. I am in lesbians with you. And you're right if you're out there want to send us a free copy of the new 4K Blu-ray for Scott Pilgrim. We'd love that. Both of us. Thank you, finally, yes, because I would love that too. What a great movie. An interesting story overall, because I feel, you know... Nostalgia is not the right word because I didn't enjoy Sex in the City growing up, but just the memories flooding back of talking to my mom and sister about the show because that's what they want to talk about in the moment. Just like knowing the characters and all of that. This this one column really feels like that that first seed of that full show. This feels like the show in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like I could see like the readership really picking up at this one because it introduces a love interest in some ways for the main character. It introduces that narrative, like I mentioned earlier, and you've got all these women talking about this stuff before and even after this in some columns. It's just Candace interviewing a bunch of misogynist dudes, which is a part of the city. I'm glad that it's not just this female perspective. But really, what's interesting about the columns and the show is that it's this female perspective on dating relationships and sex, which historically has been something that like men keep closer to their chest like women weren't allowed to have that freedom of sexuality for for a long time after talking about love carrie goes back to mr big's apartment where they drink expensive champagne and she intends to have a no strings hookup however after carrie borrows some pjs she falls asleep on a super comfy bed with no confirmed physical contact yeah i mean ain't that the thing you're trying to go and just have like a nice one night stand Get out there, dust off the cobwebs, see if, you know, sex has changed in the last year. And all of a sudden you're romanced, you romance the pants right off you and put in some nice PJs and tucked in all comfy. She shouldn't have had the full 
adult shepherd's pie for dinner, <laughs> she wouldn't have been so tired when she got back to the apartment. It's a mistake I've made several times. <laughs> the waiter comes up to the table. Uh, and, and for you, ma'am. Uh, yeah, I'll have the um, 18 rack of lamb. I'm sorry, you... The 18 for for you to share. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll be having this for me. You can box up anything I don't eat. <laughs> I'll take it home. I'll take it back to Mr. Biggs. <laughs> Leave it in his little mini fridge in his bedroom. In the bedroom for a nice late night snack of racked lamb. <laughs> you, you invite this girl over thinking she's going to have sex with you, maybe. And then she falls asleep in your pajamas and you wake up in the middle of the night and she's at your fridge just shoving lamb into her face. That's a keeper look. I was actually going to say, like, based off the story you just said, I'm a little bit in love because that sounds incredible. <laughs> and she's a woman with taste, right? She's eating a rack of lamb. She ain't eating no, like, cheese. its from my pantry. She's standing over you, ripping lamb into her mouth. Garney mint. <laughs> and I do the thing in cartoons where my eyes turn into hearts and they start pulsing out at the same beat as my heartbeat because <laughs> she's just so romantic and beautiful, powerful, and incredible. For me, this is another entry where Candace doesn't come right out and say the thesis of the story, but it's still fair. And it's that she wanted to have this random hookup with Mr. Big, but she felt so comfortable with him that she didn't want that it changed what she wanted changed after she got into his world and i think that's the definition of still having some feeling and some emotion so i think this is the first little crack i think in her persona of being uncaring because in, in the other parts of the story she gets a, a short haircut and is going out acting like a dude when it comes to sex but when it comes to mr big that's not how she feels our final column in the sex and spook city spook macular no Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Our final column in Candace Bushnell's The Sex in the City is called Menage. Seven men pop the inevitable question. Candace laments how many men have propositioned her into a would-be threesome with one of her friends. I feel like there's a very specific type of friend that I've never, ever had in my life, <laughs> that would be like, okay, that's, yes, if this situation arises, we've got a pact, let's like, let's pop it off. T to be like in a relationship I want a third person in, not something I understand either. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting area to be in. Well, I mean, imagine you're on like, you're not even really dating someone seriously, you're just on a date with someone, and they're like, let's do a threesome with one of your friends. Like, how weird is like, not even be like, hey, how do you feel about a threesome? Let's find. I would feel so, I would feel so emasculated immediately. Like, oh shit. So I'm not good enough, but let's bring in like my kick-ass friend Thad. Like the dude you really wanted to hang out oh, with. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, in, well, yes, that's true. It's the same gender because Candace gets asked about one of her girlfriends and she's like, why would I want to do that? And they're like, well, I don't know. I want it. And you might like it. Like, that's not a good reason. It's the standard male fantasy, right? Like, oh, these two women, like, love me for some reason and also are lesbians all of a sudden for no reason at all. It's preposterous. Well, you're jumping ahead a little bit, Lucky. I know. I know I am, but I know I am, but. To pursue this phenomenon of male obsession with three-way sex, she assembles a group of seven men, including the famous Peter Beard, the artist, to solve the mystery of its allure. The men's theories on the threesome obsession include... That New York men are overstimulated, which leads to the fact that simple sex no longer is good enough. They need to have more sex with more women. This concept of, I'm sorry, to interrupt you again. 
this concept of simple sex is very funny to me. Because, like, in my mind, you said that, and I went spiraling. In my mind, it's like, you've only got four tea-lit candles, and they're in each corner of the room. You have a bed, sex sure. toys, one no, set of handcuffs. One sex toy, and it's a <laughs> condom. <laughs> That's the most boring. Can you imagine? <laughs> What's your favorite sex toy? <laughs> Condoms. <laughs> what? What's yours? Lube. <laughs> What's yours? Abstinence. It's <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing I've heard all day. One man, Sam, argues that three situations can lead to a threesome. Very fitting. Number one. A man in a relationship is bored or wants to have sex with his wife's friend. <laughs> Whoa. Well, this genius over here figuring out the reasons for threesomes. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. Let me hold, let me buckle in for the next two. Number two, the girlfriend wants to secretly sleep with another woman. <laughs> He's writing his own Playboy forum over here. He's definitely writing his own fantasies down. This, this guy. And you said the same with Sam. I'm assuming this is Sam from an earlier column, uh, I think in episode one. From the sex I, lounge. This. Oh, you think it's her Sex lounge Sam. Date Sam. Sex lounge Sam. <laughs> like Laser Shoot Larry. It's Sex Suit Sam. Sex Suit Sam is actually a character I wanted to bring last episode, but I'll, I'll save it for a new book. And the final reason that would lead to a threesome, according to this guy, is that two women are plotting to get a single man into bed. Now, of course, this man <laughs> fell into the first category and it ruined his relationship. <laughs> now, we've read a lot of romance. The, where's the romance of two women plotting to get this man into bed? What is that? That's oh, it's so fucking crazy. Oh, my God. It's just not. <laughs> what a male power trip fantasy. Like, and, and of course, the number one reason why women would want to have a threesome is two girls desperately wanting to have sex with me to, together. Well, and also kind of sounds like sexual assault a little bit. They're plotting to get him like what? I don't I just don't like the way that's going. It sounds really rough. Several of the men have rules for threesomes. Never do it with your girlfriend and never plan it. It must be spontaneous. Now, Wait. the second one, never plan it. It must be spontaneous. Sounds more like a spa day, not a threesome. You know, if you want a massage, don't plan it. Give yourself a gift every day. Don't plan it. You know, a cup of coffee, a new shirt, a nap, a threesome. <laughs> but again, the first rule makes, I guess, is what makes me the most worried. Never do it with your. I mean, that means like if you're in a relationship, don't try and get the person that you're with to try and go into a threesome, which actually is probably a good rule. But like, my fear from that specific sentence is let your girlfriend stay at home. I've got two other friends who oh, are very down. I, my, my, oh, my girlfriend should be a not. part of it. That's going to be a problem. Let me go over here. That's I mean, there's been some skeezy men in these columns. I'm, I'm concerned. There's been like one non skeezy man. And that's Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Mr. They, <laughs> let's blow up the chemical plant together. That'd be a perfect couple. Okay, this would be a great parody. Is sex in Gotham City, and you do Harley Quinn writing a Sex in the City parody, but it's about the Joker. Whoa, holy shit! That's I mean, it would be very good and also really eye opening. That's a really cool angle to learn more about Harley Quinn and the Joker in general. Lock that one down. That's a good idea. TM, TM, TM. Actually, DC Comics, if you just want to write that and slice a check, that'd Again, be great. Again, a check or a subscription for your two favorite podcast hosts. That's all we're asking for. At one point, the notion of threesomes with two men and one woman comes up, and the group is divided. 
One man says he's been involved with more of these types of threesomes than any other, but is quick to assert his heterosexuality. (laughs) Sounds like this man isn't too comfortable with himself. Other men jump in to support his claim and even admit that they've participated in threesomes with some of the other men in the room. Whoa, fucking twist. Oh, my God. Now, these incredibly straight men who've engaged in threesomes with another dude compare the MMF threesome to sports. With one guy even claiming that he and his buddy hooked up with a girl just to prove that they weren't gay. Oh, boy. Uh Oh, Oh boy. Oh, beans. In closing, one man says that it's one of the most intimate things two men can do is to share a woman. I I think there's one more step you can take. (laughs) I think there's one more bridge you can cross, my friend. Yeah, probably just take the woman out of the situation entirely. It sounds like there's a middle woman in this situation. So I sort of loved and hated this column because the men were open-minded enough to be like, yeah, I might have a threesome with one of my buddies and another girl if everybody's down and consensual. I'm comfortable enough with my masculinity, but I'm not gay. We did it to prove that we were not gay. And really, it's just because I wanted an intimate relationship with my close male friend physically and emotionally and penially and anally. But <laughs> penially. Gay, I don't I don't think I'm gay. It's like you're almost there, man. You're like, like having you're having sex in the same room as another dude. Like just embrace the fact that you're comfortable with your sexuality. You're not right. being bisexual, but like don't be like so awkward about the fact that it's a little gay it is a little gay okay yes it's definitely a little gay but sexuality is a spectrum right like i mean he's he might be mostly hetero it's just obviously 1990s we're at a point now as we've talked about before where i think we understand the gender spectrum a little bit more on the sexual spectrum and just how it shakes out so it's interesting to read these columns where i think we can okay identifying is not the great word but we can recognize that somebody you know feels maybe that they're on this sexual spectrum but doesn't quite know how to reference that yet Yes, but it's a good little window. I feel like if you were to read this in the 90s, it would seem very ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, that's probably why it got a show and got really popular, right? I mean, it, it really was, in essence, this column about a woman trying to take back sexuality and her own self-empowerment in the city of New York, which is kind of a cutthroat environment. The general consensus among the men seems to be that a threesome is wonderful for your psychology, whomever is involved. <laughs> Oh, fuck. My mental health is bad, dude. I need to get two women stat. What about the next morning, Candace asks? Simple, says one of the boys. We all went out to breakfast. Oh, okay. That's a very sweet ending. I like that. That's good. I'm glad that they weren't awkward afterward. They had that experience and they had like a great big brunch. They had their mini corn dogs at the all the breakfast buffet. You can't go to a sex club the morning after a threesome. Are you an animal? You got to go to Denny's next to the sex club where they have the same chef. I'll have a moons over my threesome. Sorry, oh. hammy. Uh, sorry. Moons over, threesomes on the brain. Moons over his hammy. Oh, no, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Moons over three. Ha- oh, fuck. <laughs> there were three hammies. Ah, oh, God. Uh, if you had had a threesome and you want to tell somebody about it, maybe go see a friend or a priest. Don't send it to us. Uh, you cannot send it to us. You cannot reach us at grbooknook at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us there at grbooknook. Yeah, if you're enjoying our goofs, our jokes, our japes, the brotherhood we share together, make sure to share this show with your friends. You know, we don't do any advertising ourselves. It's mostly word of mouth. So what you can do to help us out the most is just tell your friends, get our product out there in front of the people who need it. Our intro music for this section of reading has been Mitigated Suffering by Algae. Thank you, Algae. Our next episode will be out on August 13th, so be sure to come back then. We are starting a new book. Lucky, do you want to announce that? 
I do indeed. That's right. We've got a new book for you all. This is going to be our Dead of Summer book, something mm, refreshing, something new, something mainstream, right on the top headlines, or not mainstream. We're going to be reading Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. That's right. Our selection coming up August 13th is going to be Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. Nice. I like that you repeat it. Get that information in there. G-R-B-N at grbooknook.com. All right, Lucky. Final thoughts on Sex in the City. I think we should do a do and don't dating out there for the modern people. I think that's important. And I think that at this point, our listeners know that we are consummate experts at dating. Beautiful. I'm going to go first, if that's all right. That's perfectly fine. It's, okay. it's your summer, baby. Do's and don'ts for your online dating profile. Do have a profile photo that shows your face and body. Don't plan a date for the night of the full moon. Do make sure you have more than enough money to cover dinner, drinks, and something fun and unexpected afterwards. Don't try to impress your date by showing your hunting skills by catching a rabbit with your mouth. Do make sure you walk street side of your date. Don't take your date to the Hall of Mirrors. Do offer your date your coat if it's raining outside. Don't howl. Do make sure the interior of your car is clean. People notice that sort of thing. Don't stare at the throbbing and ample vein on your date's beautiful neck. Don't wear a crucifix. I really don't like it. Don't bring that bad attitude to our fun night. <laughs> Sorry, it's me, Count Lucula, coming back again. <laughs> he's, he's back, folks. Great. Um, Count Lucula, why don't you just do a lengthy monologue here at the end of the show? That sounds very great. My life started in the very, very beginning when Adam pulled that bitch. Out.